Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Okay then, my title of my message today is The Box. The Box. Have you ever borrowed something from a friend and broken it? I I borrowed my friend's car and reversed it into a wall. All I did was broke the light. I broke the light. And I said, mate, I'm sorry I broke the light. uh, What do you want me to do? He said, don't worry, I'll I'll fix it and send you the bill. He did send me the bill. And you know, when you look at the bill, no way, it wouldn't cost that much. But like, what do you do? Do you like stay with your friend? Do you like, do you pay it? Like, uh, what, what do you do? Like, uh, I have broken garden chairs, lawnmowers and cars. Uh, have you ever borrowed a book and not returned it? This has nothing to do with the message. I've just an announcement out there. For those of you who've borrowed my books and not returned them, like there will be an amnesty box at the end of church on Sunday and you can come in. It will be anonymous if you're anonymous. In fact, if you've borrowed any book that belongs to someone else, you can bring it, put it in the box and we'll distribute it to... Well, if it's decent, I'll keep it, but, if it's, but I'll pass that on. Um, Ali and I have, on more than one occasion, gone home from church without our children. (laughs) Sometimes we've been driving home and we're thinking, it's very quiet in the car, very quiet indeed. That's because the children are still running around here somewhere, we've had to turn around. What was particularly embarrassing one Sunday is we were driving home without our children and we promised to look after our friend's child as well. Let me ask you a a question. Are you a generous neighbour? When it comes to Amazon, like delivering a box, and you get the knock at the door, and you think, oh, Amazon. And they come, and they go, this is not for you. This is for your neighbour. Like, do you go, of course I'll accept that 20-foot square box into my front room. Like, would you do that? You know, how generous are you? Uh, Do you watch out for your neighbour? And as soon as they come home, you run round with it? Or you go, no, you're coming round here. If I've had to to live with that box in my house, you have to get here and get it yourself. Today's preach begins with a knock at the door with the delivery of a very special box. In 2 Samuel 6, read it with me, it'll be on the screen behind me. It says, David again brought together all the able young men of Israel, 30,000. He and all his men went to Bala in Judah to bring up from there the Ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who was enthroned between the cherubim on the Ark. They set the Ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzziah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it, and Ahio was walking in front of it. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums, and cymbals. When they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzziah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. 
the Lord's anger burned against Uzziah because of the irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down and he died there beside the ark of God. Then David was angry because of the Lord's wrath and had broken out against Uzziah. And to this day, that place has been called Perez Uzziah. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, how can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him to the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom for three months and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. You've got to picture the scene. Obed-Edom is at home. He's got his feet up, he's got a cup of tea, like, and he's watching the TV. Use your imagination. I know it's 3,000 years ago, but just go with me. He's just sitting there contemplating life, and there's a knock at the door. He opens the door, and there's King David with 30,000 soldiers trampling on his front lawn. King David says, do you know who I am? Obed-Edom says, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. He says, uh, I'd like you to do something for me. Uh, what is it, your majesty? He says, I'd like you to take this box into your house. Now, what we know about Obed-Edom, he was a Levite. In other words, he was a servant in the tabernacle at the time. He would have known what that box was. He would have known the protocols that went with it. He also knows that his next door neighbour but three, has just died for touching that box. So he's looking at King David and he's saying, you seriously want me to have that box in my house? But because he's the king, he can't say it. He's just like, you know that thing when you're thinking it, but you're trying to do the polite thing. King David's looking at him intently. He's looking back going, okay. And, uh, king David says, what? and then King David throws his ace in. He says, I'm the king, the Lord's chosen anointed one. <laughs> When you make your decision, think carefully on that. Obed-Edom says, your majesty, that box is coming into the house. And King David turns on his heels with 30,000 soldiers and walks off. The door closes and his wife says, what have you done? And he goes, I don't know. It's King David. This isn't supposed to happen. No one's supposed to have this box in the house. It's supposed, to be, uh, it's supposed to be in a special place. And this thing is like glowing in the porch. Ooh, ooh. They're looking at it. What are we going to do? The honour of looking after the box. I'll just show you a picture of the box. Uh, this is an artist's impression. It's not done by Indiana Jones. Uh, it's probably about the size of a small writing desk. It was made of acacia wood and covered in gold. And they, they called this, this, this gap, you see the angels with the wings that go over, this gap there, they called that the seat of mercy because this is where, in the Old Testament, this is where God would meet in the tabernacle with the high priest. So it was a very, it was like a, a portal. It was a place where heaven would touch earth. 
And it was a very special and anointed moment. You notice that uh, it had rings on the side and it had poles on it. The, the reason why, it was never meant to be on a cart. It was only ever meant to be carried. Uh, and the poles were never meant to be a permanent fixture. In other words, you, the, the presence, you don't own the presence of God. <laughs> the presence of God rests on you. The high priest would, uh, once a year, would meet and atone for the sins of mankind. And he would come in and he would, there would be lots of sacrifice. It would have been a big mess. Like it would have been blood everywhere. Uh, people, there's nothing sanitized about this picture. Like there's blood and gore and, uh, and the priest would come in and with that blood would say, uh, would you forgive the sins of the people? And this is where God would meet and forgive and rescue his people. There's so many pictures in this story of uh, the New Testament that alludes to what Christ did for us. How his blood was shed for us. Now try and keep that in your mind as I'm telling this, this story today. Try and imagine how the Old Testament is mirroring something into the New Testament. Uh, how all these rituals spoke of what Jesus did ultimately on the cross many years later. This, this box was famous. It was famous because people would take it to war with them. If you remember uh, Joshua when he fought against Jericho. They carried this box in front of them out at war. And, it, and as they went round, the walls came down. This box was very important to the people of Israel. This was the, this was, it represented where God met with man. It was the presence of God. Like if you know that, that when they crossed the river Jordan, the priests walked towards the river. And when they stepped into the river, a miracle happened. The waters parted. This is not the story of the Red Sea and Moses. This is another story in the river Jordan. And they stood in the middle and carried the presence of God on their shoulders as the entire nation walked across what was meant to be a swollen river. What an honour to have this incredible artefact in your home. Have you ever wondered what it would feel like to carry the presence of God, not just in your home, but in your heart? With the honour comes the risk. There's a risk of looking after that box. I, I don't know about you, but the first question I'd ask if that box came into my house is, where are you going to put the flipping thing? Where'd you put it? It's, it's inappropriate to put it in the garage. You can't put it in the shed. <laughs> where are you going to put it? Are you going to put it in the front room where the kids are running around shouting, don't touch the box! Why? Because you die! Okay. <laughs> Where would you put it? Imagine the presence of God was invited into your life. Where would you keep the presence of God if it was invited into your life? Would you just put it up in the loft and bring it out once a year like a Christmas tree? You know, hatched. Matched, dispatched, turn up for the presence of God every now and again. 
Or maybe use it as a coffee table. It's a thing of convenience. In other words, I pray when I'm desperate. <laughs> I tell you what, I've been in some desperate situations before and the people, the man, I tell you, when I thought the plane was going to crash and that was a very personal experience that I haven't got time to tell you but the guy next to me he started praying he I I did, I have no idea he was such an outstanding Christian it, st- it started out with oh Jesus I went oh I was thinking that but you're far more emotional than I am and he literally clasped his hands together started to pray started to repent I'm like, this is interesting. <laughs> but you've got people who use the presence of God like a box that's convenient where they can put their coffee on it. Just when I need it, it's there. Or you have the choice to put it somewhere of prominence so that you had to live your life around it. Imagine arranging your life in such a fashion that the presence of God was central in all matters. It's not a thing of convenience, not a special weekly, monthly, yearly event, but impacted everything you did. Whoa. Obed Eden had to walk past that box and he had to, it's risky, right? It's risky. I tell you what, being a follower of the presence of God is a risky decision. It's a risky decision. It's not a convenient decision. It's a life-changing, transformal decision. Do you see, Jesus didn't say, he, he didn't say, get on your couch and follow me. He said, pick up your cross and follow me. He said, you, to follow me is risky. People will not like you. People will turn their backs on you. People will have a different opinion to you. People will marginalise you. This is not a couch moment. This is a cross moment. He also said, put your hand to the plough. He didn't say, go and have a ploughman's and a pint. He said, put your hand to the plough and don't look back. Keep going forward. It's risky to live in the presence of God. I do understand it when people tuck it away because it's much more convenient and comfortable. But those who live with the presence of God centrally in their life see the blessing of God along with the risks that go with it. Hey kids, we've got a box here. We've got to learn to live around it. Just don't touch it. When I first came here, some of you were here when I first came here, 16 years ago. Can you believe that? Oh, I suddenly felt old. I used to have brown hair. I used to have hair. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Tola. (laughs) She went, yeah, he did. (laughs) I have witnesses. Flowing locks. It used to be blonde. All right, I give up. It was worth a try. When I first came to Gloucester, I remember we took up an offering. And the offering wasn't just, could you bring some money? The offering was, 
Would you make a commitment to serve Jesus? Not just for you, but for me and my household. And Ali and I sat down with our two children who were seven and five at the time. And we talked about this and we had this pledge form that we uh, filled in. I remember Jack, he's on the camera over here. Jack said, have I got any money, mum? And to which mum went, yeah, well, you've got something in your savings. And uh, he said, can I give some of my savings? And he gave 20 pounds out of his savings. And Abby went, have I got any money? Yes. I want to give the same. She didn't want to be outdone by her brother. So our gift, plus 40 pounds, was our pledge that Sunday. And Abby coloured it in. I wanted our family to realise the presence of God is central in everything we do. And we came forward as a family together. And I remember wrapping my arms around the kids and feeling, this feels a bit risky. I'm not just doing it for me. And if you're a parent, you'll understand what I'm talking about. This is going to impact my kids' life as well. Fast forward 10 years, a 17-year-old Jack and a 15-year-old Abby, a little bit more opinionated. Just say a little bit. I think this is when my hair started to come out. <laughs> We're driving the car. I said, hey, what's it like? You know, having your mum and dad as pastors of a church. Abby's always first to answer. Well, and she often rambles and, and uh, Jack just goes contemplative. Contemplate. He thinks a bit. <laughs> he said, honestly, dad, it's quite hard. People put expectations on us because of you. I must admit, I was choking up as I'm driving. And then, in his own inevitable way, he said, but it's worth it. It's worth it. And Abby went, yeah, Dad, it's worth it. See, to live with the presence of God is an honour, but it's also a risk. It costs, but it's worth it. The adventures we've been on, the places we've been, the challenges and the fights we've been part of, and the blessings we've received are all wrapped up in this one decision. Yeah, mate, put it there and we'll live round it. There's a responsibility of looking after the box. If you want to, this is not Noel Edmonds' deal or no deal. This is, <laughs> this is not Noel Edmonds going, what's in the box? But it's important to think about what's in the box. And the box contained three items, the Ten Commandments, a pot of manna, and Aaron's rod that budded. And these are the three things that come with God's presence, and they're important. God's law, you've got to live by God's word. Right, if you love the author, you've got to love his words. Like, if you want to live with the presence of God, there's a measurement that helps us stay on track, and that's God's word. Like, you've got to live by God's word. You can't have God's presence and a version of God's word. 
Blessed is the man, in Psalm 1 verse 3, says this, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. The law speaks of the word. And now we have the Old Testament and the New Testament creating God's way for us to live. And on his law he meditates day and night. The pot of manna speaks of someone who lives in God's provision. It says in Matthew chapter 6, I just, I want to, you need to write this down. In today's world where it's all going a little bit pear-shaped, right? We've had Brexit, we've had lockdowns, we've had uh, people putting the price of gas up and it's all happening all around us. Right, this, write this down, put it in your kitchen somewhere. It says, this is says in Matthew chapter 6, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who are you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? I've said this to my wife so many times. See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So do not worry, saying... What should we eat? Or what should we drink? Or what should we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. God is a God of provision. If you want the presence of God in your life, he is your provider. They also live under God's designed leadership. I just, this is in the message. I love this, this turn of phrase in Hebrews chapter 13. The message version, please. Is be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Hello. <laughs> Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the condition of your lives and work under the strict supervision of God. Contribute to the joy of their leadership. Amen. Not its drudgery. Why would you want to make things harder for them? Right, let's just stay there for half an hour, shall we? <laughs> let's just right there contemplate this before we go home. Why? Number one, God's word. Number two, God's provision. Number three, God designs the church in such a way so it's ordered and disciplined to be discipled. Let me finish with this last point. The reputation of looking after the box. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 11, this is the last verse I read at the start. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months, and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. Three months 
What a difference in such a short space of time. So much so, King David became envious and came knocking again. I want some of that, he said, and moved the ark back to Jerusalem. When you live in the presence of God, people notice. People notice there's something different about you. There's something that cuts across the normality. The presence of God is resting in you. Thousands of years later, Jesus told the disciples to wait because his presence would come knocking. And today is Pentecost Sunday, so I have to put Acts chapter 2 in. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The presence of God didn't just come to a house. The presence of God came to a person. The presence of God just didn't come to a temple. It came to the temple of humanity, us as individuals. The presence of God just didn't turn up in a church. The presence of God was downloaded into an individual. It was amazing. We are the temples of God's presence. The king is coming knocking and he wants to place his presence in you because he wants to reside. Not just for a few minutes, not for three months, not in a home or in a church, but in a human temple. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to reside in you. Or in the words of Musafa to Simba, he lives in you. He lives in you. His presence dwells in you. He, the king, lives in you, Simba. (laughs) Julie, Stephen, Laura, one church. He lives in you. Hey, if you're in Canesham today and you feel like you're drowning in your parenting, he lives in you. If you're in Podsme today and you feel like the aches and pains of this world are just starting to those circumstances that we were alluding to earlier, like those circumstances just seem to be too much, he lives in you. Maybe you're in Bristol today and you're thinking, oh, my work is just getting on top of me. He lives in you. I'm struggling to make ends meet. I'm struggling with this relationship that's breaking down. He lives in you. His presence is in you. As you invite his presence into your life, you don't need a box. You just need his presence to download, to reside in you. It transforms you from the inside out. Everywhere you walk, he lives in you. We must remind ourselves of this, and it starts as you're brushing your teeth. You don't have to try. You don't have to stand there going, No, no, no. Just stand there. What's great about bathrooms is you can lock everybody else out. It's just you, the mirror, 
Let's invite Jesus in right there. I'm inviting your presence into me right now. Believe you just... Here's the risky prayer. I'm on assignment today, Jesus. What do you want me to do? I've got my job, got my kids, got my family. Before I get on with my life, as I'm on my molars, what do you want me to do? Because your presence is in me. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is quite a wonderful thing. But it's meant to transform us from the inside out. It's meant to have a, an impact on us on our everyday life. So that we don't we don't have a we don't have this extra advantage, everybody. We don't suddenly life becomes without troubles and trials. It's just his presence says, I'm with you. Constantly. When you sleep, when you're awake, when you're battling through, just step back a little bit. Your presence is with me. God, I don't know what to do about my kids. They're just so confused at the moment his presence is in you I don't know how to make this decision his presence is in you can you see how transformational this is if we actually lived it out rather than just locked it up and saved it all up for next Sunday what if we lived this out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in the jacuzzi in Starbucks what do we lift it out I don't have to carry the presence on a pole the the presence rests in me allowing it to influence like oil over my decisions pray for my kids, I can pray for my spouse, I can pray for people who are struggling, I can I can I can bake a cake for Je- I can't bake a cake for Jesus but some can bake a cake I can be an encouragement because his presence is in me and when my mind is torn up with the ravages of fear and hate and those things you go that's not me that's not me but it runs through your head like us like like sewage you go his presence is in me that sewage I divert you in the name of Jesus because this is a temple of the Holy Spirit there's presence I'm carrying a box I'm carrying a box it's a bit risky but I'm carrying a box and it's his presence in my life I read the word of God 
allow those words to guide me. I trust God for provision. I work in the team that God's called me and serve those who called because your presence is in me. If you just want to respond because you're with me in this, Obed-Edom, bog-standard bloke. But God chose him to carry the presence. And if there's a bog-standard bloke and a bog-standard lady like me in the room, and you say, God, let your presence rest in me every single day, he will come to you forgive you, help you, encourage you. Respond with me now, just as the band are quietly playing. Just stand up and hold your hands out as if you were to receive something. Right across this place, the presence of God wants to fill every, every individual, every marriage, every son and every daughter, every heart that's open. Say now, receive the Spirit of God. Receive, let the presence of God rest on you today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, just keep in that place right now. And I just want to remind you today that just as Pastor Simon has spoken this morning. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, all you need to do is remind yourself of that fact, is that you are full of the presence of God. You are full of the power of God. You lack no good thing. You are full of the power and the presence of God and the person of God is leading you. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit today, today is your opportunity. And if that's you uh, today and you're, you've listened to this message and you say, well, that's okay, but I've never experienced that. I've, I don't know, God, that you have filled me. Well, today can be the first day. And we're all going to respond. This is how we're going to do it. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to start to fan into flame that gift that is in you. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I just want you to raise your hand where you are right now. And then the power of God is going to come and fill you. else raise their hand just then we want to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit
Spirit, come. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank You, Lord God, that we get to experience Your power and Your presence. And we remind ourselves this morning that we are a people of power and we're a people of presence because of what You have done for us, that You uh, uh, you flattened the box and poured its contents within me, Lord Jesus, that just as frail, as messed up as I am, Lord God, You chose me to be a temple of Your Holy Spirit. And right now, we respond to that. Holy Spirit, would You come and fan our flesh again Lord Jesus that we would remember that we are a people of the power and the presence of God that it's not just about a feeling that we receive Lord God but it's about a power that changes us from the inside out an experience that leads to fruit in our lives fruit of love and faithfulness and gentleness and perseverance and self-control Lord Jesus we thank you for who you are come and fill us right now we receive your power this morning that we are a people of Pentecost, that we are a people of your presence, that we can go into all situations, that we can face all difficulties, that we can see all sickness healed, that we can see all miracles break out, Lord God, because we are a people of miracles, Lord Jesus, because of the power of who you are within us, that we can stand in the face of anger, we can stand in the face of uh, difficulty, we can stand in the, the, the face of lack and poverty and we can see a different result Lord God because we choose to be a people of peace and prosperity that comes with knowing that we are full with your presence. Why don't you just start to speak in tongues this morning. And we recognize that just as Obed Edom's house affected everyone else around him, that we as a house here will affect the community around us, that the blessing that you are pouring out on our life will start to bless the community that we're a part of, that the experience that we have of you and the power and the presence that we have in you, Jesus, wouldn't just be a nice gift for ourselves, but God, it would express itself in our communities, express itself in our homes and in our in our streets and our neighbourhoods, in our workplaces, in, in, in our communities, Lord God, on every bus that we get on, God, in every supermarket we walk through, on every street that we set foot, Lord Jesus, Lord God, that we wouldn't just be a people that hold all this amazing presence to ourselves, but we will be a people that express it, Lord God. This power wasn't just for us, but Lord God, it is a power that we sow into our neighbourhoods, that Lord Jesus, we would see the blind eyes open, that we would see the sick recover, that we would see heaven come to earth, that we would see broken hearts made whole, that Lord God, we would see this this city, Lord God, not just because Richard Graham says it, but it would be the best small city in the nation because the presence of God is here and the presence of God changes things and the presence of God sees favour and blessing poured out upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Hey, if you're still uh, wanting to have some prayer this morning, 
uh, you can just come right down the front here. Any one of the team would love to pray with you. If you felt like God said something to you today uh, and you want to share it, why don't you just go ahead, share it in WhatsApp or with somebody before you leave today. And if you are here for the first time, it's been so great to have you this morning. We'd love to put a free gift in your hand before you leave today and uh, somebody will just be over here on my left and able to do that uh, for you. But I hope you've had an incredible service here today. Have a great week, everybody.